Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So uh, this last week I was uh, meditating on the word that Jamie and I preached over the last four weeks concerning knowing the times and the seasons that we're living in, understanding what's going on in our world, not being discouraged by it, amen, not being defeated by it, but literally coming to that fullness of the revelation of how good God is in his word declares that as believers, if we will not throw in the towel or grab a a, a white uh, uh, surrender handkerchief, uh, that we win. So as believers, no matter what's going on in the world, and there is some crazy stuff going on in the world, But God's not bound to it. And I was reading some scripture and got referenced over to Philippians. And so I ended up going to Philippians. Don't you just love the book of Philippians? Paul writing to the church at Philippi and so much incredible, powerful uh, truth uh, found in that scripture. But as I was Reading through the first chapter, uh, let's see what verse it was, verse 27, I came across this, read it as you have hundreds of times, preached it, but all of a sudden these uh, six or seven words jumped out, only let your manner of life be worthy. Let your manner of life be worthy. Man, all of a sudden that just hit me. I was teaching our Grow Track class yesterday. We had a great time. Uh, went through the whole four weeks of teaching. And uh, as I had been reading through all the notes in preparation for that, uh, just coming back to this scripture and realizing that the significance of what God is going to do through his church in these latter days, I'm happy to be alive. Amen? I mean, no matter how difficult it is, the Word says that the the darker darkness gets, the brighter light shines. So instead of woe is me because what we're going through, even as a nation, as a people, the grace of God is significant. And I I said to the class yesterday morning, grace is one of those things you don't have to pray for. You don't have to ask God for grace. I mean, that's crazy because his word declares his grace is sufficient. It's already been provided for you. You don't have to ask about it. You don't need to waste any time praying over it. We need to be about the Father's business. And as we do and as we are, guess what? His grace... Is sufficient. His grace is mighty. His grace enables us to live a life, a manner of life that's worthy, listen to this, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the powerful truth of God's word. 
So, I'm going to uh, start in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, and we're going to kind of spend a little time in Philippians chapter 1 this morning. And it is my prayer, Paul saying to the church at Philippi, it's my prayer that your love may abound just a little bit. More and more with knowledge and how much discernment? All, All discernment. The Lord has already graced you to walk in the discernment that you need as a believer to be an overcomer in this day and hour. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure, come on, and blameless for the day of Christ. Hear me, church. You can live a life and be pure and blameless. Somebody was laughing at me the other day because one of my pet peeves growing up was hearing uh, people pray over their meals and, and always throw in that, Lord, forgive us for our many sins. And I started thinking, if you got a lot of sin, you just need to get right with God. I, I, I couldn't understand that every single meal you're going to throw that. I mean, how many sins can you commit from breakfast to lunch? <laughs> when we're supposed to be blameless, come on, and holy and pure. So if we set out to put the Word of God first and foremost in our lives, we're not going to have to every four hours when we bow our head to give thanks for the meal that the Lord has provided. And hear me, if you've gotten kind of lax in your prayer of thanksgiving over your meal, you might want to get your passport up to date and take a trip to a third world country. I mean, Oscar and I just a few weeks ago in Cuba, realizing that our precious friends down there had to spend a month or more gathering food to feed Oscar and I and John, three of us, for a week. Matter of fact, when they asked me, well, pastor, what would you like? I mean, you're going to get beans and rice. <laughs> and you're going to get chicken or, or chicken. Or, or there's possibility you're going to get some chicken. <laughs> so I figure if they're asking me what I want, I, I'd like some flan. And you should have seen their faces. Flan. It's sugar, eggs, and milk. And they said, there's no flan on the island. What? I'm in Cuba. Flan. They, they still laugh at Philip Farrar. Philip, are you in the house? Wave your hand there. I want everybody to see. Just, they still laugh at Philip. Because when Philip went down there a few years ago with me, man, he was eating two, three pieces of flan a meal. And they said, well, it's good that Mr. Philip didn't come down with you this time. <laughs> I said, yeah, he'd be really discouraged. I mean, God forgive us. We're heartbroken because we can't get some flan. But they, man, they, they, they feasted us. And when the prayer of thanksgiving was given, wow, the substance that we are thankful for our provider. And we don't have that problem in America. But in other countries of the world, there is. Verse 11, filled with the fruit of what? 
righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Comes through the power. We are called in the time that we're living in to be righteous. Not religious, righteous. There's a difference. Being righteous in our thought process, being righteous in our behavior, being righteous in our driving. Oh, Jesus. Come on, Pastor, leave that alone. Just move on. Righteous in the parking lot, righteous in the grocery store. When somebody whips in front of you to the self-checkout line. Man, I went in Publix the other day out of town. They didn't have self-checkout. I'm like, what in the world is with this Publix? <laughs> you got to have six of them. Because you got to get out of there. But we're to be righteous in our behavior. Sometimes that just kind of goes over because we're so busy doing our religious stuff. And he's called us to live a life that is pleasing to him and that he's enabled us to live it. Again, verse 27 of Philippians 1, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we talked about over these last few weeks, knowing the times, it's important that we are prepared to live for Christ in a manner worthy of the gospel. That we set ourselves to say yes to whatever the Lord is requiring of you. We're getting ready for Reach Week. So I'm going to throw a little commercial break in here for Reach Week. Need you to sign up. The same week that we're going to be doing Reach Week, uh, Franco is going to be taking a team of about 20, I think, down to Columbia. Man, it's going to be exciting. They're paying a thousand bucks. You get to stay home for free. <laughs> but what they're doing in Columbia is important. But hear me, it's no more important than what we have the opportunity to do in this city for a whole week as a church family. So you take vacation for everything else. Uh-oh, come on, pastor, leave it alone. Take a day off with your family. We're going to go out to Newberry and, do, and, and serve three public schools. Say, so, yeah, but we have our own school, the Rock School. Doesn't it need a little help? We have a great team of people that keep the Rock School campus beautiful. Unbelievable, 600 plus kids and teachers and workers on that campus every day. So yeah, we could use a little help, but instead we're going to invest in some other schools. Why? Because we can. We're going to be a testimony of loving God and loving people. But I want to encourage everybody in this house to be a part, sign up for something. How many different things do we have, Jamie? A lot. A lot. We got a lot. 
We're going to feed the poor. We're bringing groceries. Some of you saw the groceries out there. If you haven't uh, swung by your favorite grocery store and bought a bag of BOGO, Jamie talks about it all the time, man, find those BOGOs, fill up the basket, bring it up here, and we're going to load up a truck, and we're going to take it across town, and we're going to help feed the hungry. Say, are there hungry people in Gainesville? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Rode by school the other day, big sign out in front. School's closed, summer. Big sign, free meals for kids and teenagers, five days a week. You're thinking, why in the world are they spending money? Because there are hungry people. And you know what we're called to do as the righteous? Feed the hungry. Give water to those who are thirsty. Give help to the widows and the orphans. So we need to be prepared. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to get our kids involved. Don't let your kids stay home and live on their stupid iPads. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. Some of your children are disrespectful when pastor walks by because they don't say hi, pastor, because their nose is stuck in an iPhone or an iPad. Parents, we're to live a life worthy and we're to teach our children the same we have to get them involved if we don't you're going to lose them because they're going to think that your stuff is just religious garbage anyhow unless you're living a life as an example of righteousness oh y'all getting quiet on me in here this morning we're called amen to give our lives and to show ourselves worthy. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has... I, I love this. Paul, Paul's exhorting and encouraging the church at Philippi through the battles of what he's going through. He says, I want you to know, brothers, what, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. I'm reading the story right now, uh, the book written about Brother Andrew. How many of you have read the story of Brother Andrew? All you homeschool parents, all you rock school parents, fabulous book. Get it? I bought one the other day online for $3 used, but it's perfect. You can read all the words. It was well used, but man, it is a story of encouragement about a man's journey from his childhood, through his teenage years, through the military, through killing and, and uh, craziness. This guy got so far away from God that when he was in Indonesia fighting, as a Dutchman, that they were so crazy, they got big yellow hats, straw hats, and they wore it into battle because their, their thought process is, I'm going to die in a fury of gunfire, and I don't want them to miss. They were crazy. He ends up getting shot, but not in the head. Gets shot in an ankle. Looked down in his boots, and he had two holes in his boots, and blood was coming out of both of them. And as they had him on a stretcher, carrying him to get treatment, 
he still had his yellow hat on. And they said, take that hat off. And he wouldn't take the hat off. And when he got into surgery, one of the nurses is yelling at him, take that hat off. And the doctor said, he's not going to take that hat off because he's a part of a crazy group that went into battle to lose their minds. But through it, God got a hold of him, saved him, spent the rest of his life. Well, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. You've got to get the book. <laughs> Fabulous, challenging, convicting story of a man who was willing to lay down everything for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guess what, American church? We're called to lay down our lives. And not woe is me and feel sorry for what I'm going through. I got a little suffering, got a little persecution going on. Paul said to the church at Philippi, everybody knows that I've been in prison because of Christ. Verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole guard the reason of my imprisonment. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are now much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am uh, put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Listen to what he says. What then? Only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Why? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached. I said to those in our, that were going through our rock, <coughs> excuse me, growth track class yesterday, when I was talking about the difference between five-fold ministry, which are those that have been set apart for the work of the ministry. In this house, we have nine men and women, uh, black, white, red, yellow, polka-dotted, and uh, I'm polka-dotted. And, uh, and those nine have been set apart for the work of caring for the church, governing the church, providing wisdom for the church, providing financial care for the church, providing uh, care for the family as people go through problems and difficulties and hospitals and death and all those things. The fivefold ministry of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are set apart for the work of the ministry. The problem with too many in the church is they think those are the ones that are supposed to do all the work of the ministry, and we just come and pat you on the back and say, Good job, guys. But the reality of it is, according to Ephesians chapter 4, is that the fivefold ministry has been anointed, ordained by God, set apart for the work of the ministry so that they can preach, teach, build up, edify, and equip the saints so that we go out of these doors in a few minutes to do the work of the ministry. We're called to build all of us. See, I, I might be an apostle, I might be a pastor, but first and foremost, I'm a saint. Not like St. George, but like we're saints because of what Jesus, come on somebody, did for us. You don't have to wait till 100 years after death that you did something and somebody's going to make you a saint. No, you're a saint right here and right now. St. Bob and St. Tom and St. Clint and, 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 and St. Justin, 
How does it feel to be a saint, Justin? Feels great. Why? Because I got up today and I was still looking down on the grass instead of up at the roots. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you. You might not ever think about it. I think about it every day. I get up, open my eyes. I'm not in heaven. I got another opportunity to serve the purposes of God. First and foremost, as a saint, I don't go to Publix as pastor. I don't go to the grocery store. I don't stop and buy gas as an apostle. But I am a saint. So therefore, the Lord can use me, will use me, wants to use me. Excuse me, the Lord will use you, wants to use you, has anointed you to be used. What? For the work of the gospel. If you have to use words and preach, so be it. But better yet, start with just letting your life be an example of righteousness. Love people, help people, serve people. Grab a cart at the grocery store. You see some little lady putting her groceries in. Don't freak her out. Don't run up on her. Hey, I'm a Christian. Let me help. (laughs) Just wait till she's through and kind of walk by and say, hey, can I get that cart for you? They will never turn you down. Never, ever, ever, never. Oh, thank you, honey. You haven't been called honey or sweetie lately? Go to the grocery store, carry a cart. They will honey you to death. Oh, sugar, sweetie, thank you so much. We have one restaurant that Suzanne and I go to quite a bit. It's near our home. They cook really incredible fresh food. And all of our out-of-town guests that ever come in, we take them there. One, they have a patio, so we, like, we love eating outside. There's a little waitress over there. She will honey you to death. Honey, sugar, sweetie. Oh, sweetie, it's so good to see you today. You made my day just by coming here, honey. See, when my wife don't call me honey enough, I go to this restaurant. <laughs> when I don't call her sugar baby sweetie enough, she's like, let's go over here to this restaurant. Because if that girl's working, she's honeying you. How many of you like to be honeyed? The rest of you are lying. I'm going to have an altar call right now. Salvation. <laughs> get up, come down here and get saved because you're lying. How many of you like to be cussed out? Nobody. But boy, something about when somebody just speaks life to you. That's what we're called to do. It's what we're called to be. What then, verse 18, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And that's what we're called to do in this day, this hour, this time that we're living in. We're called to walk in it. There's a video a link, I'm going to ask them to throw the link up, and you can grab your phones if you'd like and snap the, the link. There it is. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, many of you might know him. He's an author, a writer, a prophet. Uh, he's a Jewish Messiah brother. Um, and um, this last week or so, he put out a video. Uh, I think it's about 11 minutes. And um, he talks about the time, the day and the time that we're living in. And he says some powerful things about this Pride Month of June. Last I heard, Satan got kicked out of heaven because 
Paul, it was pride. And he speaks some serious truth about where our nation is. What happened, I touched on it last Sunday morning. And, um, and I do not repent for the things I said about the leadership of our nation or about what's going on in Washington because it's wicked and evil. And we need to pray for those in authority over our lives. Because the sun both rises and sets on the just and the unjust. And to be honest, our nation needs to be judged by God. But judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Begins with us. Not us pointing fingers at them, but saying, Lord, in me. Cleanse me. Heal me. Help me. Anything in me that's not pleasing to you. Father, I want, I want you to deal with that in my life. Get in a posture of worship. Get in a place of prayer. Humble yourself. Get on your knees before the Lord. A lot of people, man, it's been 10 years since some folks have got on their knees, humbled themselves before the Lord God Almighty and say, Lord, deal with me. So Jonathan Kahn lays out a lot of facts in this video about what's going on in our nation and the spirit behind Pride Month. And he explains in detail how Pride Month came about. It's, it's a fascinating truth. It's a sad truth. You know, we celebrate the birth of our nation one day a year. We celebrate those who've gone into battle and given their lives. Memorial, we just celebrated it recently, that gave their lives. We spend one day honoring them. But we're going to take a month to honor a, a small group of people that desperately need Jesus. And the sin that's behind it where our nation is. And I'm not going to go where I, I went last week. Just If you weren't here, I encourage you to get, the, get online, YouTube, and listen to it, watch it. Because we are responsible as the church to not be quiet in this day and hour and time like Paul. Paul's in prison. He's like, I'm okay with being in prison because for the sake of what I'm going through, the gospel of Jesus Christ is now being preached more boldly than ever all over the nation. So when we go through things, instead of woe is me, we use it as an opportunity to show forth the love of God. Because the unconditional love of Jesus is what we're supposed to live our lives out as. I've said it over and over again, man, you never hate the sinner. You hate their sin. You hate what it does to them. You hate what you know it's going to do to them. I listened to an article of a young lady from uh, overseas in one of the Eastern Europe countries who uh, had her body uh, um, destroyed because when she was 11, 12 years old, she was confused and, and wondering about her sexuality. And so her parents got all involved and her teachers and her medical and, and all these people got involved and, and convinced her that, yes, she was a girl, but she should be a boy. So she allowed them to cut her breast off and she allowed them to do all of these things to her body. And now here in her mid-20s, she's come to a revelation of God's love and who she is in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden she's saying, my body was destroyed 
when I was at an age where I was way too young to be making that kind of decision. Those parents, those teachers, those doctors are going to stand before God. They're going to give an account. Man, all this week I've been just praying, declaring this. God's not mocked. (laughs) God is not mocked. I don't care what's going on in our nation. God is not mocked. They will reap what they have sown. And we will reap what we have sown. So we better be sowing some righteous seed. We better be leading our families as dads and husbands and fathers and grandfathers. We have a responsibility to rise up, get back to the Word of God, and begin to declare the things that God said about us as truth and then begin to lead our families. Don't need another Father's Day right now to challenge us as men to be the righteous leaders, priests that God has called us to be. No excuses, no, well, you know, I didn't have that, and I didn't have a daddy, or I I was abused, or I was neglected, or I was whatever. No, no, no. You got a better father than any natural dad could ever be. His name is Yahweh, the living God. Father God, the great I am. And he will teach us as men how to father our families, lead our families. And it won't always be easy, because we got to die to some stuff. Die to our hands in our pockets. During worship. Hear me, listen. The God who gave his son, who came to this earth, did incredible, miraculous things. Super miracles that I can't wait to see on instant replay when I get to heaven. I mean, there are some things I want to see replayed. I've read them over and over in my mind. I see it, but I, want, I guarantee you, if we got all this kind of tech in 2023 in America, I guarantee heaven's got some stuff we ain't even imagined yet. You're going to just think it. It's going to pop up in front of you. You're going to get to see, man, Moses doing his Moses thing. Jonah. Not once he was spit out in the middle of the fish. I mean, think about it. It wasn't like for an hour. Three days. And that that nasty fish was eating the whole time. And Jonah, man, he's in there and he's just rocking and rolling in the middle of all those fishery stuff. And that fish is eating and there's more weed, seaweed coming in and other fish and shrimp. And I bet he didn't have an appetite. I want to know why it took him three days to say, God. (laughs) I mean, seriously, Jonah, what were you thinking? It's either living here or go preach in Nineveh. Yeah, but when I preach in Nineveh, they're all going to repent and get right. And I want them to go to hell. I mean, that's who Jonah was. We laugh about it all we want, but that was a true story. And and, and I, I want to see it. In that moment when he finally goes, okay, God, you got my attention. You got my attention. Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, listen to this, what I'm going through, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope 
that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Those three scriptures right there can become the motto, the desire of your heart. You begin to proclaim that. You begin to declare that, that through the prayers. You know, as I've gone through this journey that I've been on for three years and eight months now, I have said over and over, and to many of you face-to-face as I've thanked you, for diligently and faithfully praying over me for these almost four years now. I've said it's been by the prayers of the saints that I'm convinced that my life has been sustained. This week, Suzanne and I were out of town for a few days and went off to study, read, spent some time with a couple of pastors, their wives, And the one couple I had not seen since before I was diagnosed. And they followed my journey. They prayed over me every single day. And when we first saw each other, I went to embrace him and he just backed up and he stopped. He looked at me. He said, you're a miracle. He said, you look good. I said, thank you very much. It's because of God's goodness. Because if it wasn't, I wouldn't be looking like this. But Paul says, man, it's been by the prayer of the saints. I've gotten through this. We're called as believers in this day and hour and time that we're living in, not only to walk in in, in a way, a manner in which is, is, uh, shows the faithfulness of God and our faithfulness to God, but, but we're to live a life of commitment for others, to pray for one another, lift up one another, encourage one another, help one another, support one another, reach out to one another. To whom much has been given. To whom much has been given, much is required. And we as a people in America today, wow, we have been blessed. Through it all, through COVID, we were blessed. We have a responsibility to one another and to the rest of the world. Paul says in verse 21, for me to live is Christ. What are you living for today? What is your life? What what are you giving your life to that glorifies God? So that literally every part of your life belongs to Him. Not Sunday morning and then Monday through Saturday is my thing. No, no, no. Monday through Sunday is all about giving our lives to Him. 100% all the time. One last scripture, and I'm going to close. Meditating on this a little bit this week. Ecclesiastes. Wow. Really? The very last two verses of 12 chapters 
of Solomon going, vanity, vanity. Time for everything. But he gets through all of his declarations and struggles. In the last two verses that he writes, he says this, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Nothing else. Fear God, live out his word. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every sing secret thing, whether good or evil. I don't know about you, I've done some evil things in my life I'm not proud of. I've repented, I've asked God to forgive me, and every once in a while when the enemy comes and, and tries to uh, uh, pull up all that garbage and remind me of those wicked things, the Word declares, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are walking in Christ, who no longer live after the flesh. That might have been me, but that's not who I am now. That's not who you are now. You're the redeemed of the Lord, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we're living our lives knowing what time and season that we're living in and saying, God, for such a time as this, you've brought me into this world. This, I'm not an accident. I'm not a mistake. Hear me. This is your season. Say, yeah, but I, you don't know, Pastor. I'm almost 80 years old. I, no, no. If you still got life and breath, God still has a purpose and a plan for your life. You're 10 years old. You're 15 years old. And you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Love God. And serve him and do his word. And everything else will fall into place. You'll find out what it is you're called to give your life to. You'll know. It, it, God will show you. Your giftings will come out. I hate it when I have, have to or get to minister, especially to men in their late 30s, early 40s, 45, 50. And they're still trying to find out what God wants for their life. God's not hiding his will from you. Confusion is never of God. It comes from the evil one. I believe that we can seek God with our whole heart and he will reveal his word to us. Oh, you might move from one business to another, but you've been called to be a businessman, an entrepreneur, one who is rich to the ministry that gives your life and your money to the kingdom of God because you realize you ain't taking any of it with you. Some of you, some of you, the Lord wants to entrust bigger things in your life than right now you're experiencing. Man, none of this was prepared. This is for some of y'all in here this morning. Matter of fact, if you're in business, husband or wife, business owners in this house, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand if you're in business. You own a business. You want to own a business. Stand up if you want to own a business. You're business owners. The Lord has called you to do what you're doing for such a time as this. Are you trustworthy? Have you found yourself faithful with what God has entrusted into your hands? 
Because if you will be faithful with little, hear me, God will bless you with much. But his much is not all about you getting more stuff. It's about you being that conduit of blessing into whatever God wants to use you for in your life. So business owners, hear me. His plan, his future, his hope for your life is that you will grab hold in faith with what God has called you to do and to be. And that you will be trustworthy with your business and believe that the business he has placed in your hand, first of all, it belongs to him. So you're going to be faithful. And you're going to be faithful to the smallest degree, knowing that God will bless your hand. Blessing upon blessing. For his glory, for your benefit. For his glory. Some of you used to be so excited offering times and seed offerings with the amount that the Lord had entrusted you, enabled you to give. And over the years, some have just gotten, well, maybe it really is more mine than his. You're not as excited as you once were. I'm not saying any of this because we need you to give more. I'm saying this because God wants to do something significant in your lives and in your business. He's going to do his part. The question is, are you going to do yours? And if your heart is, Lord, it all belongs to you anyhow. I'm going to be found faithful with it. I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of the Lord, over all these incredible business people in our house, I say thank you. Thank you for businesses that were your will, your purpose for their lives. Thank you, Father, that you and your heart's desire for them is to see them multiply and grow for your glory, Father, for their benefit benefit of their families, benefit of the church, the house of God. Lord, I pray over these businesses that where new life needs to come into them, where creativity needs to be increased, where wisdom is desperately needed. Your word says that if we will ask, you will hear and you will provide. And I pray for wisdom for every business owner in this place. Those who own business, those that are creating new businesses, those who um, are desiring something that's even bigger than what uh, is in their hand now, Father, that they will know and discern the difference between is this God or is this my flesh? And they will move based on it's God. And Father, I thank you that the promises are yes and amen for every one of them. You're no respecter of persons. You love each and every one of us. 
And Father, I thank you that there are some that are going to be able to be entrusted with great wealth. Great wealth. For the purpose of being that instrument of righteousness. Because, Father, we know it takes people and money to do the will of God, to touch our city, our nation, and our world. You've always had the Josephs of Arimathea. You've always had those that you could entrust with great wealth for your glory. And I pray for these in our house today that they will have just such a sense of peace come over them, knowing that when they trust you, when they ask you, when they seek your face, you show yourself mighty. I give you thanks for that, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says amen. Would the rest of you stand, please? Prayer team, will you come to the front quickly, please? We're going to take a moment this morning, because we're not in a hurry, to pray for those that have other needs in their lives, and their families and their businesses and their bodies and their marriages and their relationships. God is bigger than every need. So Father, as we prepare today just to minister and love on anyone in this house that's going through a battle, a struggle, First of all, I say, Father, even as Jesus said, thank you that you hear us when we pray. Jesus prayed that prayer, Father, and I pray that prayer today, that we are grateful, that we believe with all of our hearts that when we seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, that you will forgive us, you will forgive our land, you will forgive our nation, you will forgive our sins, and you will show yourself mighty on our behalf. So today, Lord, as there are people all across this congregation that are going through something, the enemy has been attacking them in every way, we are here in faith today to plead that all your promises are yes and amen. So we give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, if you have a need, step out. Come on down here this morning. This prayer team is ready to minister to you. And you can worship with us as Jamie and the team lead us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.